Good morning. I realised I didn't actually introduce myself earlier. So for those who I haven't met yet, my name is Andrew and I'm uh, the pastor here at uh, Mosaic Everett. And I have the privilege this morning of opening up God's Word, but I actually would like some help this morning. So I'm wondering, would I be able to get all the kids down the front? I am going to ask you to help me teach the adults from the Bible this morning. Do you think you could come down and give me a hand? Tim, do you want to move the um, the whiteboard across a bit? I'm going to grab a chair. Yeah, I'll grab this in. And in a moment, I'm probably going to uh, want the help or assistance of someone who's really good at writing on whiteboards and will be able to capture some ideas from the kids. So I'll, I'll probably grab, well, either, either of you. But I want to start by asking you guys a question. If you jumped on a boat and the captain of the boat said that you could go anywhere you wanted to go, where would you go? To Antarctica, that's a good one, all right, all right. I would go to heaven. You would go to heaven. My son said that this morning as well. I'm not sure that that captain would be able to take you there unless the captain is Jesus, but I'm meaning a a, a physical boat. Well, okay, all right, let's accept it. How about you? To China, okay. Why would you want to go to China? Because it's agent. Okay, all right, fair enough. I'd go to the last place to get coronavirus. <laughs> okay, all right. So we'd go somewhere to avoid coronavirus. Did you have one? No? Okay. Any other ideas where you would go? I'd go to Ireland to see the wild horses. Ah, Ireland to see the wild horses. All right, one more. I would go to Japan. To Japan. Tokyo. To Tokyo? Specific. Okay. And why Tokyo? Because I could brush... So I could practice my Japanese. Okay, very good. Do you, do you speak any Japanese? Yeah. Do you want to give us a word? Konnichiwa. That, mean, that means hello, right? Yeah, excellent. All right, do you guys want to see some of the places that I would like to go if I could jump on a boat? All right, let's have a look at the first one. Okay, so I have always wanted to stay in one of these tropical huts that's out over the ocean. I think that would be really cool. So that would be probably top of my list. Uh, I, I actually don't know where that one is. Does anyone know? I didn't even hear that, but... Bora Bora, okay, very nice. Well, that's, that's where I would go. What about places where you don't even need to step off the boat to see some amazing things? Have a look at this. That's pretty amazing. I, like, that looks like a river to me. I don't know how they get that big boat in there, but that looks like fun. Or what about, so someone said Antarctica. What about, yeah, yeah, you did. What about, um, either Antarctica or up near Alaska? where you can see seals and you can see some amazing icebergs. Would that be fun? Or polar bears, that's right. I would not be getting off the boat if there were polar bears. Okay, and here's one. What if you could take a boat 
and go straight to a theme park and get off and have the whole day just having fun. Would that be good? All right. Would be trespassing. No, assume, assume that you're allowed. The captain gives you a ticket. Okay. So what do all of these places have in common? Why, why do we want to go there? Because they're, they have, they have interests. They have interests, yep. And, and things to do. And things to do, yep. Because they're exciting and fun. They're exciting and fun. And pleasing, yes. Anything else? They're expensive. They're expensive. Well, that's true. If, if we just got on a boat that was free, that would be awesome. What else? Is there anything? Where are the kinds of places that you want to go? Um, um, to the North Pole. To the North Pole, yeah. To see Santa. Right, so all of these things, we kind of want to go to places that are fun, yeah, comfortable maybe, um, things to do that are interesting, new experiences. Well, today's Bible story is actually a story where Jesus takes a boat somewhere, and we want to take a look at the place that he chooses to go. So what I want help with, I'm going to read the Bible passage out, and um, I've got some questions that we've I've put on the board. I want you guys, we're going to worry about the first two for the moment. I want you to describe the place that Jesus chooses to go. Come up with as many words and ideas of, of what that place is like and also who he meets there. Okay? So I'm going to read, and we'll read the whole passage, but as I'm reading, you think of some places, and at the end, we'll shout out all the, the different ideas of what it looks like. Does that make sense? And if you want to read along, the passage is going to be up on the screen behind me. Okay. So this is Mark chapter one, uh, chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Now, if you close your eyes and think about the scene... Jesus and his disciples are all on a boat and they're just pulling up to the shore, okay? And that's where we start this story. It says, So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the uh, Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, do people know what shackles are? Like handcuffs. So you know how police use handcuffs? That's the kind of thing we're talking about. And it says, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, He snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him or control him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. It's a pretty intense story, isn't it? When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, 
Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And the spirit replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And what did the pigs do? They ran into the water. The entire herd of about 2,000 pigs. Can anyone count to 2,000? Really? You start and see if I finish my message before you finish. (laughs) 2,000 pigs is a lot of pigs. They plunged down the steep hillside and into the lake and they drowned. That's a bit sad for the pigs, isn't it? The herdsmen who were watching the pigs fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news of what had just happened as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who was possessed by the legion of demons. But now he was sitting there fully clothed, perfectly sane, And the people were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, no. You go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what they told them. Okay, so that's a pretty crazy story, isn't it? probably not something that we experience a lot here in Canberra. What words can you come up with to describe the place that Jesus took his boat to? What what would it have looked like? What was there? What have you got? Um, He would go to Jurassic Park? Maybe. I don't think there, there were any dinosaurs in this story, though, were there? What else was in the story? There were demons. Okay, so you can, yeah, you can put that in the who category even. You can put it in both, probably. What else was there? What what was at the place? Where did the man live? Does anyone remember where he lived? The caves. Burial caves. Does anyone want to have a guess at what a burial cave is? 
Someone up the back got it. <laughs> yeah, where dead people are buried. So it was like a graveyard, a cemetery, burial caves, whichever word you want to use. What else was there? Yep, hillside, lakes, or a lake. Does anyone remember where did the demons go once they left the man? The pigs. 2,000 pigs. Okay, really? I don't believe you. Oh, you can show me that after the service how quickly you can do that. Okay, all right. So it was a pig farm. Pig farm, graveyard, and a place with evil spirits. Does that sound like a place that you would want to go? Would you tell the captain of your boat to go there? Is that what you would choose? It's a bit interesting, isn't it? Okay. What about the, the people that Jesus met? Who, who did he meet? What can we dis- describe about them? Yeah, yeah. So the man, the man was in a lot of pain, do you think? Do you think he was enjoying life? No. So there was a man who was pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. You could say tormented would be another word. What else did you notice about this man? Yeah, he was possessed by demons. What could he do that was not normal? Yeah, he could break chains and shackles. Yeah. So he was like super strong, not not you could say supernaturally strong. Did you have something else to add, Kat? No? Okay, all right, he got it. <laughs> Fantastic. Anything else? Haunted, yeah. Yep. He was also a bit scary, wasn't he? All of the people were afraid of him. So they tried to get this guy to live out of the town. They forced him to live by himself. So people were scared of him, and he was then isolated and alone. So I want to ask you a question. Why do you think Jesus chose to come to this place. What can we learn about Jesus in this story? I think it was because he could kind of feel the presence of the demons there and what they were doing, so... He came there to put an end to what they were doing. Okay, so he came to put an end to what the demons were doing. 
I reckon that's a really good answer. Anyone else got any ideas why Jesus might have gone there? That's all right. You keep thinking. If you think of it, let me know. Any other ideas? Would any of the grown-ups like to participate? Yes. Yeah, because the guy needed help. I reckon that's a, probably a key reason. Yep. Yeah. You couldn't just call someone to help you back then. Yeah, they didn't have like triple O, did they? Or nine one one if you're in America. That's right. All right. Oh, you thought of it? What have you got? Um, Jesus died. Yes, he did, but not in this story. That comes a little bit later. All right. You guys have been. A- oh, have you got one? Yeah. Do you want to share? Um. Pigs weren't supposed to be there. Pigs weren't supposed to be there. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they were pigs with some eggs. Yeah, maybe. I'm actually going to talk about the pigs in just a moment. You guys have been a wonderful help. I'm going to take just another couple of minutes to share what something that I think is important from this passage. And you guys are welcome to sit here or you're welcome to, to go back to your families or, or where you want to. That's fine. All right. So I'm going to share a couple of extra. Can we give the kids a round of applause? You guys have pulled out a lot of really important stuff from this story. I think there's a number of really, really rich lessons for us in this passage, rich themes. And um, I think one obvious one that we can look at is that Jesus is bigger than anything we can face. I think this story really helps us to see that. Uh, all of the people around this man were afraid. They, they didn't want to be near him. They tried to restrain him. They tried to get rid of him. But we serve a God who was not afraid to step in to that place, to meet that. There is no battle that Jesus can't face. That's a really, really important theme to pull out of this passage. And and we could go into looking specifically at spiritual warfare, but we're not going to do that uh, this morning. Um, But I just want to note, Jesus' power and authority uh, is is obvious in this passage. The demons see him coming and actually come to him and and beg and ask him for mercy. They know who Jesus is. They called him by name and they addressed him as the son of the most high God. Uh, So Jesus was known even by them to have power and authority. So we can't miss that. But I wonder if there's other reasons that Jesus went into this place as well, other things that we can pull out of here. Did you notice the the pigs? There are pigs in this place. Yeah, lots of pigs. This is actually a Gentile territory, so a non-Jew area where where Jesus took his disciples to go. Um, Did you notice there was a graveyard there? There were dead bodies yeah, and the, and the person that Jesus met, um, the closest in this story, was living around those dead bodies. And there were evil spirits there. Now, does anyone know 
three things that Jewish people did not want to go near. Yeah? Um, Pigs were unclean. Jews didn't go and hang out with pigs. Uh, Jews didn't want to be near dead bodies, evil spirits, because it would make them unclean. And yet Jesus hops on a boat and he takes young, impressionable disciples straight into that place. This is a place that all of the other Jewish teachers, the rabbis, would be saying, don't go there. Don't go into those places. That will make you unclean. That will put you at risk. And yet Jesus does the opposite. I think we can gravitate straight to seeing how this story is about power and authority. But for all of the Jewish people reading this and listening to this and hearing the account, they're going, wait, Jesus took you into that place. It would have been unmissable to them. One of the things I think Jesus does in this story, in this moment, the reason that he chooses to go here is actually to make a point that some of the most profound work that the kingdom can do, some of the most profound transformation takes place uh, in some of the areas we are least likely to want to go. We want to go to Bora Bora, right? We want to go there. Um, Probably not many of us want to go to places that are dirty, places that are full of pain, places that aren't actually about blessing us, places that are risky for us. You know, as I look through the New Testament, I don't see, uh, and there, there is certainly lots of transformation of people's lives in the New Testament, but I don't know that there's any one person's life who is as profoundly changed as this man in the whole of the Gospels. Now, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. That's pretty amazing. But this man was totally, totally isolated in significant pain and torment all the time. No one was prepared to go and help him and be with him. And and Jesus goes there and completely transforms his life offers him new life. And I wonder if one of the things in this passage, one of the reasons that Jesus went there was to show us that God wants to call us beyond the places that are already okay, the places that are already comfortable, the places that are already safe, so that the kingdom can do the most amazing transformative work. There's one other thing that I want to speak to, um, and I want to speak to this because of our own context um, here. We, we are in a place, I think, in Australian society where there is a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. We've just come through uh, the bushfires, and, and there is so much work of rebuilding to do in our country. So many people still hurting uh, around the place. We've come through hail. Um, There are thousands and thousands of cars, you know, that are just destroyed and people trying to work out how do we deal with that. People's homes have been damaged. 
There's been flooding. Now we've got coronavirus. And, and we are responding in fear. You know, we are panic buying toilet paper. I think I heard someone say chickpeas is the latest one. We couldn't buy flour or vegetable oil uh, for a, a number of shopping trips. There's a lot of fear. And what's interesting about this story is the story that comes before it. So Jesus takes these disciples into this, you know, frightening situation for most. I I imagine the disciples would have been scared going into this place. But they had just come from one of the most scary places that they'd ever experienced. This boat trip was the one where they had to wake Jesus up and say, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? They had just come out of the storm. Now, I don't know about you, but but me being, you know, the kind and compassionate leader that I am, I would want to take my team to Bora Bora and give them some time to rest. You know, I'd be pulling the boat up somewhere where there's there's time to, you know, regroup, to rest. I find it fascinating that that's not what Jesus did. It's challenging because Jesus certainly made time to rest. The scriptures tell us each morning he would go and he would pray, he would listen to the Father, and he, he took times away from the crowds. But on the back of one moment of fear, Jesus takes his disciples straight into another moment of ministry. I wonder here in Australia right now, who are we being called to be with our neighbours, with the people in our streets? There is a lot of panic. There is a lot of fear. And it's not fear that, that is unfounded. There is significant risk of coronavirus around. But who is God calling us to be to the people around us? Do we hold back? Do we add to the fear? Do we step in and and be people of peace in this time? There's a lot in this passage. If you you take this passage home this afternoon and read it and sit with it, I think there's a number of things that Jesus would would be able to say and, and bring out, more than we can bring out in one morning together. But I hope that this story of a God who has power over everything, has authority over everything, isn't afraid to step in to even the hardest situations and wants to take us with him into those situations, I hope and pray that this brings you some courage, some challenge this morning as to who he's calling us to be here in our society. I want to pray for us, um, and then we're going to have an opportunity to to take communion, uh, a very visible, tangible reminder of a God who will stop at nothing, a God who will do everything that is needed for us. Let me pray. God, I want to thank you that you don't, sit neatly in our boxes. 
God, I want to thank you that you go beyond where we are prepared to go. I want to thank you that you never stop reaching out to those who need comfort, those who need grace, those who need your presence, your healing, your invitation. We worship a good God, and I thank you so much for who you are. God, I want to pray that for each of us here this morning, whatever situation we come from and whatever level of fear, anxiety we may carry, that you would meet us. God, remind us of your presence. Remind us of your grace. Remind us of your goodness. Holy Spirit, will you come in and make very real in our hearts the knowledge of of your strength and your presence with us? And God, I want to pray that you would, right now, just bring people to our mind, place people on our hearts. Who are the people that we need to step out for? The people that we need to go and approach and not wait for them to come into our comfort zone, but the people that we might need to cross the street for, cross the room for at work or school. Who are you calling each one of us to love, to care for this week? God, will you come and place those people on our hearts? Give us courage and compassion. Give us grace and strength to meet those people that you are wanting us to meet. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.